Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, children. Welcome to episode 14 of the On My Dime, On Your Time podcast. This episode is featuring Bailey Ellison of Bailey Vintage. Bailey Vintage is a brand that I am very, very much interested in for the coming year. He has a new collection dropping in the next week or so. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Super interesting conversation, man. I'm gonna, I expect to see a lot from him in the future. If you want to see more episodes like this, follow me on Instagram at on my dime on your time podcast and check the links in the description for all of Bailey's socials, all the Bailey vintage socials. And yeah, that's basically it. Enjoy the episode. All right. So like, how did you initially get interested in fashion? I think I've always been into fashion because I like the idea of self-expression. I like the idea of putting together a puzzle piece. I'm on the quieter side, so I like having people look at me and kind of try to figure out my story without me even saying a word. Mm -hmm. And like, has your style always been in this sort of like vintage sphere? Like, I don't don't follow you on your main or anything, but like, how has your sort of style progressed? That's a great question. It was, I went to a private school, so it was pretty preppy at first. Um, It was, it was preppy, but I was fully aware that I was on the preppier side. Um, So then I went to college. And in college, it's more like just find a couple shirts that work and just wear those to the ground because nobody's trying to buy new stuff. We're all poor college kids. Find what works. And then finally, when I graduated, that was where my style really started to progress. I had a little more money to spend on clothes. And that's when I found vintage. So I've been I would classify my style as like vintage ish um, starting 2020, probably. Awesome. Yeah, no, like my style kind of started in university as well. Like I remember like a lot of my peers were like dressing in like a way that like that was like better than what I was dressing because like up until that point, I was just wearing whatever the hell. And mm-hmm. then I was introduced to Uniqlo and I bought two pairs of trousers, like some slim fit trousers. And I was like, yo, I'm going to be super cool. I'm not going to wear jeans anymore. I'm just going to wear trousers and be like that trousers guy. I wore those to the ground and that's and then I don't know. A couple of years later, I bought a pair of Rick pants and it's been kind of downhill ever since. So Uniqlo is such quality though. Uniqlo, man. Yeah. hundred percent. Everyone loves Uniqlo. And not to mention, I went through a stage where I was anti-denim, anti-jeans for Mm -hmm. a little bit. That forces you to explore. I'm in that stage right now, to be honest. You're anti-denim right now? I'm I'm, I'm not wearing too much denim. I'm wearing like work pants. Um, I don't know if I would classify those as denim, but yeah, Carhartt, Dickie, stuff like that. No denim. Because denim's going through a stage where I'm not really wearing skinny jeans anymore. Yeah. You don't like the wider, like the whole Instagram 501, 505 type aesthetic? No, I tried and I didn't like it. I didn't like because when I was into denim, I really liked, you know, represent. Yeah. I really liked, of course, you're in fashion. <laughs> I have to specify, but... I, I really loved their denim. It was really tight at the bottom. And I liked the idea of wearing denim and having it form to you. And then seeing these vintage jeans, it's like, well, someone else has formed their own patterns into these jeans. It just doesn't feel the same. It goes against what I was trying to accomplish when I was really into skinny jeans and um, what's it called? Raw denim. You know what I mean? 100%. So you're not into raw denim anymore either? Not anymore. Okay. I mean, I'm sure you know about like Naked and Famous. They have like skinnier raw denim. So mm-hmm. Naked and Famous, yeah, I definitely looked into them too. APC, um, 
there was like one like small New York boutique. I mean, when I research stuff, I get like really into it, um, but not anymore. Not on the denim wave. Do you have any like experience with Naked and Famous? Like, I kind of want I want to pick up a pair of their like waxed black denim because like I'm into like the avant-garde sort of silhouettes, and I think it's like a good entry level pair of waxed denim because I can't really afford Rick at the moment. So <laughs> yeah. No, I don't have much experience with them. I know who they are, but I haven't copped any. What's their price range anyway? Um, it's oof, the one that I'm looking at. It's a 175, 175 US, but they, yeah, the website, you can pick it up. It's called Tate and Yoko or something very similar to that. And they have sales pretty often. So I'd pick, I'd probably going to pick it up in like, in a while, or unless like I just make an impulse purchase and I might just pick them up. So we'll see. That's how my purchases go. I'm like, I'm saving, I'm saving, I'm saving. Something happens. Boom. I just pop, pop it right then and there. Yeah. What's the what's the last purchase that you've made that you kind of regret? <laughs> or one that was like, yo, this is actually super sick. And then or like one that you don't regret. I'll say this. And I'm just going to say this like exclusively right here on this podcast. I picked up a pair of Jordan ones and I've never worn Jordans in my life. But I, I like I really like the way they look with dickies and wider trousers. I picked up a pair of mids. And I didn't know that there was this stigma against Jordan one mids. So, but they just look so good. They're like nice, all white. They're nice and cooked the way my vintage self thinks. And then, so at this point, I'm like, you know what? I don't care what anybody says. These Jordans are amazing. Um, let me, let me go grab them since you can see me. I know no one else can see me. So I'm like, oh, these they're just, beautiful. Holy wow. They're beautiful, right? I love those, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, there's no way I don't care. I'm not into like Jordans or streetwear or anything, but this is my vibe. So I'm gonna rock these, even despite all the TikToks and stuff and people saying mids aren't like you don't know what you're doing if you get mid. So that's that's where I've taken that question. <laughs> yeah. Do you know it's the been, way of those? Cause like, I, I kind of want to look at, I want to, I want to look at those, see if I can find them on grilled or anything. Cause I really like that colorway. The colorway was, I literally just looked up, uh, like Jordan ones, all white. Oh, okay. And there, there were a bunch of different colorways that would like put white in there. I ended up getting them off, um, grailed from out of the States. And it was one of those where I would, I didn't even hesitate. I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Amazing. Yeah. I'm aware of today now that you've reassured me. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, Grailed is such a, Grailed is a weird place, man. I don't know. I, I've been lucky, but I've also been like, made some, made some bad purchases. What kind of bad purchases are we talking? Ooh, um, one stands out. Like, do you remember that whole flared cargo pants, like trend? Mm -hmm. I bought a pair of those and then. They fit me okay, except the rise is really low. So mm. it's kind of uncomfortable. Okay. And I'm trying to sell them and they're down to like half of what I paid for them on Grail. They're just sitting. So I'm just like, I bought them at the wrong time and I can't resell them. So uh, you got to charge that one to the game. Yeah. Yeah, shit happened. How much were they? Uh, I got them for like a hundred. So it wasn't too bad, but okay. they're on there for like 50 bucks. And I'm just like, just get rid of them. Man. I don't want them anymore. Like yeah. I'll wear them a few more times just for Instagram stuff. I like, I'm not really into them anymore for some reason. Mm -hmm. Grailed. I find that um, I like buying stuff. If I'm like, okay, I want a pair of Jordan ones or I like really want something. I'll go to Grailed because 
yeah, people tax on there, but the curation is a little bit better than eBay and Depop. Mm. Um, whereas if I'm buying to resell, I'll definitely go to Depop or eBay. Um, but speaking of copying stuff, I just bought a, or not recently, but I, I copped a bare knuckles uh, cardigan and the price went down on that ever so slightly. I think I took like a $50 loss, mm -hmm. um, but I'm just happy somebody else has it and they're really going to enjoy it. Awesome, man. Yeah, no, that cardigan's so nice. It is. I like the fit, but the, the, um, just how warm it is versus the climate that I'm in. It just, I couldn't wear it as much. I got a few fit picks off. Um, I wore it so people knew I had it. And then I was like, okay, I'll see you again, bare knuckles. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no, people have like an issue with like rotating through stuff. Like people say, oh, don't buy stuff and then like resell it after you take a picture. I'm like, what's the issue with that? It's better than buying. Like, I don't want to keep griping about fast fashion. Like it's come, it's come kind of like a meme on this show, but if you buy something from fast fashion, then you get rid of it, then you're losing money. But if you mm -hmm. cycle out like designer stuff or stuff that keeps its value, you're not losing anything really. No, no harm, no foul on that one. 100% man. Yeah. So your brand is very like vintage Americana type inspired. And I'm sure like that's how like you sort of dress a little bit as well. So like, mm -hmm. what is it about like Americana fashion that inspires you? Or that I, like the, I like the timelessness of Americana. And I like uh, just how certain things, I like if it's good, it's not going to go out of style. Um, there's things that the functionality supersedes anything else. And so when, I mean, in very few words, that's it. I just like the timelessness of it. Do you think it's becoming a little bit oversaturated, like due to like Instagram? Not yet. I think being in the fashion world, it might be a little saturated, but for the everyday person, no. Mm -hmm. um, I have people I look up to and I know I'm like hardwired to like find people who are into it, but I don't think it's saturated just because there's plenty of people that don't know about it. Your average person doesn't know about it. There's plenty of people with other styles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was having a discussion with a few like people I've met like over Instagram and we were just talking about like at least on Instagram, there's a kind of like a set formula of like how to make it big on Instagram. And mm -hmm. it is in that Americana aesthetic. And we were like, we basically came to the conclusion that it's kind of gonna go the same way as like the whole fear of God aesthetic kind of went. Mm. It's gonna come like kind of look played out. We're gonna see it in fashion memes in like 2030. So do, do you think it's gonna go that way or what do you think? Yeah, I could see it going that way. I think fear of God, the, the reasons fear of God blew up that I can't quite put my finger on now, or they definitely feel like there are similar reasons that this whole Americana vibe is going off. I could see it going that, and I'm just here to capitalize on it because I know I'm here during the, I'm, I'm definitely near the forefront of it. Um, yeah. Give, give us a little bit of a rundown about your brand because we haven't talked about that yet. Yeah, so I define my brand. Um, I design under my own name, Bailey Vintage, and I define it as Southern luxury streetwear. The Southern part is that I'm coming out of the South, coming out of North Carolina. Uh, there's certain things that I've always grown up around that everyone else is just now starting to pick up on in the fashion world, like camo, trucker hats, um, Carhartt. I grew up around all that, but it was it was not cool to wear it. Um, 
So now that I'm seeing it in the fashion world, I'm like, wait a minute, I've been seeing this. So when I started, I was like, I really, and there's no Southern brand, correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I don't see any Southern brands really going that path. And I really want to buckle down on that because I've left the South, I came back and I was like, nah, nah, we've got, we've got a story to tell in the South. So Southern luxury in that I do focus a lot on quality. If something doesn't look right, if something looks cheap, I'm not going forward with it, no matter how much money I could possibly make. I have an image to uphold with my brand and it's all about quantity or quality over quantity. Um, and then not to mention the professionalism that I like to have with me and my team. People who work with us are gonna always have a good time. Um, we, I show up on time things of that nature that sometimes are missing in streetwear because creatives don't always, they sometimes they haven't really taken the professional route. And I do have a professional background. I'm coming from finance. And so I do like to have that in streetwear. Finally, uh, the streetwear part, which is ultimately one of the biggest aspects of those three pillars is that the story comes first. And Virgil Abloh said himself that, you know, streetwear, you know, it's all about the story and no, you can't, I couldn't just say it's a luxury brand because my stuff isn't being made in the factories where Louis Vuitton, Dior and Gucci are made. And that's not my selling point. I can, it is luxury the way I define luxury, but ultimately it's about the story behind the clothing and the lifestyle that I'm able to present. And so I really focused on the visuals, the video edits and everything like that. And that's why I put that streetwear on there as well. So tell us like, tell us about like the sort of like the process behind like the production of one of like your favorite pieces from like either this most recent collection that like just dropped the no worse for wear or like the one that's going to be dropping soon. Yeah. So I'll go to my first collection, which was Hornets Rebellion. And that was where I just found a story um, about how Charlotte was at the forefront of the American Revolution and how there was this character named James Jack who rode from Charlotte to uh, Congress to announce our independence from the crown. And that sort of sparked the American Revolution. And people, we have like a James Jack road. We have a statue of him, but no one really knows the story. So um, I really, and I like storytelling. I liked everything about that. So I just made a shirt about it. And it was really successful around here just because people are like, oh, that's really cool. Not just the cool graphic. Um, it's a cool yet simple graphic, but it tells a story. Um, I came out with another graphic that was City of Queens where the Queen City. Um, there's another story behind that. And then No Worse for Wear was my vintage upcycled collection. I really like the saying No Worse for Wear. Like, you know, you've been through a lot, but you're no worse for wear. Um, and I like that and I like applying it to clothes. Um, so, so yeah. Definitely, man. Yeah, I don't see any other brands that are like upcycling vintage in the way that you're doing it. Like a lot of them just like do repairs and they sell it for like a premium, but you're actually like, adding prints to it. You're actually making it like better. So it's, it's interesting to see, man, definitely. Well, that's the thing is that I see people wanting to take vintage and put their own prints on it. But you have to be really careful because I do appreciate vintage and I do like leaving it how it is a lot of times. 
Um, so if it's if it looks too nice on its own, I'm not gonna touch it. But there's a lot of vintage blanks out there. I really take the time to find the blanks. And those I feel fine just putting my print on it and making sure that the print, the colorway and everything really lines up. The graphic is nice and distressed. So I was cautious because I do respect vintage on that. Um, but I'm glad, I'm happy that you said like, yeah, I'm doing it right. Definitely, man. What are some, do you have any, like any brands or any individuals like through social media that you've met, maybe like individuals in your personal life that inspire you and like, tell me about them. Hell yeah. First and foremost, um, Lucas Cash. Definitely got to shout him out. I really love the style. I love the time he takes and I love, um, you know, he's got, he seems like a very personable guy. I haven't met him in person, but I love his stuff. Um, brands. I really look up to bare knuckles. I love, love, love bare knuckles. I love Reese Cooper. Um, I love represent. So I would say those three brands I really look up to. Definitely. When's the YouTube channel coming? Oh, I'm so busy right now. I'm just now getting on TikTok. I've got my marketing director doing a lot of stuff on there. Her name's Audrey. She's very talented. Um, I would love to get on YouTube, but it's just, I need to take over TikTok first. Definitely. Yeah, TikTok's interesting. It's a good way to like shuttle like in like people to your other platforms, I think. Mm -hmm. and it, it's just quicker it's easier to put together it's more fun if i was on youtube i would want to do pickups um things of that nature and those things sort of take a while i feel like i would never get around to it um but yeah youtube is awesome when are you coming on youtube are you on youtube i am not i'm just the podcast and instagram guy uh, okay yeah well you get on know. An old friend of mine like reached out to me the other day and then we just like we started we just started talking. He's like, yo, you should really put these podcasts up on YouTube. I might do that, but I'm just I'm apprehensive because I'm just like the way I consume podcasts, I can't stand if there's a video playing because like I, I want to just have my phone in my pocket. I just want to be listening. Right? I don't have to like because if the video's there, I'm gonna want to watch the video and I'm not really gaining anything from the video. So I see. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe one day. I so recently I have a really long commute so I've been listening to podcasts in the car and it's fine that there's no visuals um do you listen to throwing fits podcast no no not yet no I, I've heard of them but I haven't I haven't tuned in yet I'm gonna send you their stuff they are incredible they know their stuff they've talked to a ton of, they just talked to um John Elliott um, who's got a really popping brand. They talked to the creative director for Architects. Arcteryx, yeah. Arcteryx, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, Gorp, you know, they got their own lane. I love it. Arcteryx, I'm not wearing it, but I know people swear by it. Um, they've just got a lot of good stuff. And I think they came out of Complex. So they've got these connections that they're utilizing. But the way people will just name drop like random brands or designers from way back in the day. And they're like, oh, yeah, like, Ragondo too, like great collection and stuff like that. It's awesome. And they're, they're funny too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like school's kind of been a little bit wild recently. So I haven't really been like tuning into podcasts all that much, except like a few of like a few of my like friends that I've met over Instagram, they have their own podcasts. I tune into theirs and then I 
tuned to Pair of Kings a little bit here and there. I'm not sure if you know about them. That's pretty much it, yeah. What, what are you in school for? I'm in uh, human kinetics. I'll become like a physiotherapist or chiropractor or something. See, we'll see where it goes. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. I've been, I literally was looking yesterday at this chiropractor like advertisement and I was like, I should probably get in there because they're cracking their back every which way. I haven't had my back crack since I was an athlete and we had the chiropractor coming. Yeah. I'm like, damn, I need to get in there. That's one of the issues I have with like being a chiropractor because it kind of like puts you in that frame of mind where like you can't be pain-free without the chiropractor. I don't think that's a good way to live. Ah, wow. Yeah. So like if I do end up becoming a chiropractor, I'd be like, all right, I'll fix you up, but then I'll give you like three or five or 10, however many things you can do so that you don't come back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because you don't, I don't want people to meet I don't it's a I don't want to go off on a rant or anything but it's one of the issues I have with like physiotherapy and chiropractors like it they put it in like that you need them to be pain-free and to be like do the things that you love to do and I don't think that's right mm-hmm. I don't know yeah I know I understand that it's kind of like a slippery slope um I like to go with the bare minimum of everything even things like massages people will go and get massages and I haven't really done any of that there's definitely ways to really, if you have the money, just go and be comfortable and stuff like that. But if you can get away with not doing it. Sometimes it's best to just not do it and be comfortable with your little aches and pains, which I definitely have. Yeah, it's a band-aid approach, I'd say. Mm. And yeah, like if you have shoulder pain, like strengthen the back of your shoulder, like eight times out of 10, that's going to fix your shoulder. That's going to fix it. Oh, right? well. If you have bicep pain, like roll out your bicep and then do like different don't and then don't like put your shoulder into flexion and then do movements there like stretch it out and then like again strengthen the back of your shoulder it's gonna fix it Mm -hmm. i don't know like that isn't taught i don't think unless you're like you go to school for it or like you spend way too much time on youtube like i do so (laughs) yeah i don't know who are your favorite youtubers fashion youtubers fashion youtubers uh basic list i like sanjeev uh greg yeah greg and tore he's the homie i've had him on the show um drew joiner he's like the host of a podcast as well shouts out to you matt um who else fashion youtubers sierra parker i've had her on the show as well brave new wear christian i've had him on the show it's just people I've had on the show, honestly, that, that, that I like, I'm fortunate enough to like have spoken to and that I've, I've been watching for a while. So basically, you know, that's how it is. Eventually, the more into something you get, the more low key your your people you look up to are like no one, no one outside of the fashion world with no bare knuckles or represent or anything like that. And then yeah. I have friends trying to go be professional athletes and I'll be like, so who's your favorite player? And they're like, no one you would know, like. My favorite player is the guy who's like one level above where I am. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I always think that's really cool how the more into something you get, the more you start to appreciate the people like, not like the Mecca, like, oh, you ask a rapper, oh, who's your favorite rapper? They're like, oh, like, you know, like ASAP Rocky, Kanye West. But if you're actually an artist and you ask them who their favorite artist is, they'll be like, Oh, just that guy right over there. Like he's really good. I appreciate his work. I can understand his hustle. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I love niche interests like that. Like you were talking about athletes. Like my favorite athlete, he's a he's. Pro- I think my favorite athlete's a professional arm wrestler. Like it's it's just so crazy. And I've I've been fortunate enough to meet the guy a few times and like train with them. So like it's it's insane. That's awesome. Yeah. There's one guy I know who arm wrestles. I just follow him randomly. He's got like huge arms, almost like Popeye like arms. Just a shot in the dark. I don't know if you've heard of him. Does he? Uh, how old does the guy look? Probably like fifty. Fifty. Do you know if he's Canadian or not? No. Okay. Look, yeah, fifty. Dark brown hair. Full head of hair. Full head of hair. Oh man. I don't There's know. I think he's just known for having huge hands. Maybe someone out there will know who I'm talking about. Is he like is he like slightly overweight? He's like a bigger guy. He's like a little bit overweight kind of thing. Yeah, ever so slight, like dad bod for sure. You might be thinking of Jeff Dabe. I think he just says yeah, Jeff. that's it. Yeah, that's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. No, Jeff Dabe is crazy. Is he good at arm wrestling? He. He can hang. He can hang with like the some like best in North America. He's 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 not one of the best in North America, but he, he can hang. He can hang. He's good. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But there's like the, there's this guy. His name's he's like arguably the best in the world. His name's Michael Todd. He can like fucking pin him easily. It's just it's insane to see. Oh. He's like a lot smaller. Like the hand like Jeff's hand is like all the way around. His hand is just there, and it's just like okay, cool, just down. It's like oh, this guy is actually like, it, it's it's just crazy to see, man. I don't know. I love the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, see what else I got here. Uh, so like you, you've made a couple collections like, like so far, but like, what are some of the issues that you came across like while making like maybe your first collection that you didn't really anticipate, and like how did you sort of overcome those issues? Yeah, the issue is that there's no blueprint for how to do this. Mm-hmm. Nobody's gonna, someone who's done it isn't just gonna tell you how to do it because that's like studying for a test all night, and then someone's like, hey, give me your study guide. So the biggest issue is not having a blueprint. Um, and you just have, it's all about trial and error and it's all about getting on YouTube. And it's funny cause anybody could do that. Anybody could go on YouTube, but who's gonna find the right video that tells them the right information. So for a while, finding a graphic designer was my biggest issue. And that kind of taught me less is more, less is more. Cause I need to be able to explain exactly what I want, not make it too complicated and make it so that if they do miss a little part here and there, it's not gonna ruin it. So the hardest part has just been finding the graphic designer and um, even like, okay, well, where do I go from here kind of thing. Do you have any advice? In that middle ground where um, I'm, I'm popular where I am, but I'm not like nationally known, you know what I mean? And I'm trying to figure out how I can get to that next level. It's like back to not having a blueprint. I don't know. There, no one's going to tell you how do you get to the next level. You just got to keep grinding, keep trying stuff and not give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you, you've you been reaching out to like influencers and stuff to like wear your stuff. I think that's like, that's the best thing, honestly, like in this day and age. It costs money though. Oh yeah. It costs a lot of money. And it's not, it's not going to make me money at that point. Um, because if they're big enough, they not only want the free stuff, but they want you to pay them for the posts. And then, okay, you give them the hoodie or whatever. And then it's like, 
well, that's one out of my collection and I'm not making that many. So what happens when people see that post three months down the road and I'm already sold out? Like then what? Are they just going to follow the page and wait for the next collection? Because I do collections. I don't just have one staple item that's always going to be available. So by the time somebody sees the influencer wear it and decides I'm going to cop, I might be sold out by them. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. So I'm sure I'm sure if the piece is in the same like aesthetic that's like on the page when they do check they're gonna pick it up or they're gonna follow the page if they like mm -hmm. it wouldn't they I don't know yeah I'll take the follow and um I think my most recent collection is a little bit different aesthetically but I mean the the blue the ground the principles are still are still there so I would just hope that if they see it they like it they can trust that my next stuff is gonna be fire I'm, I really believe in building my clientele one person at a time, literally one person at a time. If you like it, you rock it. You're going to tell everybody about it. I'll take that all day. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Do you have any pieces of advice for like up and coming brands who like want to kind of sort of start in the whole in the streetwear sphere? Yeah, I would say find your niche. Do not try to please everybody. Like I just said, build your customer base one person at a time. If you try to please everybody, you're going to please nobody. So find that niche and make it very specific. I've listened to tons of Virgil Abloh interviews. And that's one thing he tells people is make it peculiarly specific. And then the people will find you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Again, like you were talking about quality over quantity. Like you don't want to, you don't want to like, appeal to the masses and have them like buy one piece and then like fuck off and then never buy anything again you want like your small group mm -hmm. to, like consistently purchase your stuff and then mm -hmm. it's building that trust as a fashion designer that my next collection and my next piece is going to be just as fire as the last because you you trust the principles the southern luxury streetwear principles mm -hmm. has that put a lot of like pressure on you to keep creating like quality stuff i'm, I'm sure it has but, like how have you sort of like dealt with that the pressure of making quality stuff the pressure of like consistently having to like not really outdo yourself but like work to the same level or like slightly higher with each new collection no that part's not hard i could see why it would be hard but just the way my mind works i'm always two steps ahead mm -hmm. so even though it's yeah it's it's not that hard because i've already got my third fourth collection in my mind and my strength is my idea phase my ideation. So as soon as I get a whiff of an idea, I can grow it and grow it and grow it. And it's probably just, it's going to be just as good as the last one or two collections. Like my first one, I loved it. I expanded the story. I had everything. And then boom, I found the next title of my next one. And I've just been growing and growing and growing that. I have to stay patient and I have to let the ideas grow themselves. I have to let inspiration come to me so I don't like to rush it it's almost like a music album like you know sometimes you might hit a rut and you just have to let it sit grow into it so I don't feel pressure that my next collection isn't going to be as luxurious as the past ones because I just know myself and I know this brand is only one of my several ventures it's just what I do are there any habits or any like practices that you employ on like a daily basis to ensure that you keep putting out like quality work and like the creative field or in like 
in other aspects. Stay hungry, stay open to learning. That's mm-hmm. really it. Don't feel like you've got it all figured out. Never feel like you've got it all figured out. Always be open to collaborating, talking to people and inspiration comes in several different forms from several different people. I don't care if I'm in a bank, like inspiration comes to you. It, honestly, the bank, cause I, I'm in and out the bank a lot. Um, cause I'm in I'm finance and everything, not cause I'm making like mad deposits, <laughs> but, um, you know, the professionalism, it's like my inspiration for the luxurious part. When you walk into a hotel and they're like, hi, how are you? Um, that's inspiration to me because that's the luxurious part that you don't, you're not going to see at these like streetwear brands. So you have to stay hungry and you have to stay open. And as long as you do that, you're going to go far in life. Amazing, man. Definitely. I think that's kind of been lost and like lost in translation with like the current landscape of things. I don't know. People don't, people think they know a lot when they don't. It's like that whole, what's that whole, what's that whole like, there's like this, like, I'm, I, I don't know what it's called, but like there's this graph and it's like the, the, like the amount of knowledge that you think you have, it's like asymptotic, like, the, like, it's like, yeah, like the axes and whatever. And like, it goes up and then you think, you know, a lot, and then you realize, you know, like so little, like the more you, the, the longer you've been in the space, the less you realize that, you know, mm-hmm. I did a terrible way of explaining that. Do you know where I'm going with that? So it sounds like the more you think you know the less you actually know kind of like the more yeah like the more time you've been in a certain space you realize that you didn't know a lot but then like let's say okay so let's say like you're a fashion designer you do been doing it for like two years you may think you know all you may think you know everything Mm -hmm. right if you if you could stick with it for 10 years you realize you know nothing at all even at that point Mm -hmm. i think it's because let's say i've been doing fashion for like 10 years um in any profession, there's always going to be new ways to do stuff. And because you've been in there for so long and you have this pattern of how you do stuff, the longer you go doing it, the more oblivious you're going to be to new ways of doing something. So I I think that's where you're going with that. Like the more you know, or think, you know, the less you're going to know because there's always new ways of doing something. Yeah. There's this graph that like shows it. I don't, I'll, I'll send it to you afterwards, but yeah, I forgot what it's called, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. You just got to stay open in any sort of profession or field you find yourself in. You have to stay open to learning, um, have that childlike enthusiasm for anything, every little thing. I'm the type, if you're telling me a story, I'm going to listen a hundred percent and I'm going to be fascinated. That's just like anything. You, I walk into a hotel and they're like, oh yeah, well, it was built in 1954. I was having a conversation with a woman who was like German. She was born in like 79. And she was like, she came from the east side of Berlin. And she was like, the wall came down when I was 10 years old. And I'm like, this is amazing. Tell me more. Like, what was it like? She was like, oh, well, the Russians were on the eastern side. And, you know, the it was more European American on the western side. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to apply this to my vintage right now, but you have to have those conversations every day and just be fascinated with life because there's so much to discover and learn. Yeah, something I've been thinking about recently. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's what I think makes people successful is that hunger to learn. 100%, yeah. No, it's, it's something I've been thinking about like recently. It's like every person that you meet knows something that you don't. Precisely, precisely. They could be 
they could be 10 years old. They, they've seen something you haven't seen. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. I forgot what book that's from. I think it's from 12 rules for life. I'm not sure. I haven't read that one, but I'm definitely going to pick it up now. Yeah. Jordan Peterson's whole rules for life. Mm. Yeah. He has two books out. So like, we'll get into books in a little bit. Like, yeah, he has two books out. First one's like slightly more conservative leaning. I would say mm -hmm. his newest book had dropped like a couple weeks ago. Actually, it's more slightly more liberal. But like mm -hmm. I'd recommend both. Like I'm, I'm going to pick up the second one once I'm done this, once I'm done what I'm currently reading. Yeah. When do you find time to read? Right before bed. I have to. Cause like I'm, I'm on like my, I'm on my computer, like doing schoolwork pretty much all day. Then I'm on my phone trying to like do whatever the hell on Instagram I'm creating podcasts and stuff. So I'm constantly like on, like with a screen. So I need to like have that sort of release where I'm like not looking at a screen, but it's still absorbing and learning something before I can go to bed. I like that. I know some people that do that. I've been watching for me. I'm just like, I want, I want mind numbing information on my Netflix just so I can finally relax and go to bed, like turn my brain off. But I need to start reading before I go to bed. Yeah. When do you read now? So for a while I was reading right when I woke up. I liked getting a coffee, everything like that. But I've been so busy. I've been off my grind. Um, but I just like, yeah, in the morning, grab a coffee, go sit on the porch. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know, like my sleep schedule has been kind of like an absolute mess. So I, I just, I can't, I can't do, I can't like not work in the morning kind of thing. Like I'll eat, I'll, I'll do my normal morning stuff. Like I'll brush my teeth, get, I'll get dressed. I'll like eat breakfast and I have to fucking work. Like I can't just like, mm. I mean, it's still, it's still like, I can't like idle, like it's not idle. How do I explain this? It's not, I don't know. I have to work in the morning. That's basically what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm the opposite. I like to relax and work my way up to it. I don't just get out of bed and boom. At night, yeah, I it's hard for me to just close the computer. Yeah, but yeah. Um, that's that's pretty much all the questions I have. Is there anything else you want to like share about like the collection or anything or anything else you want to talk about? Um, no, I can recap what my upcoming collection is about and then. I'd love to give a few book recommendations before I head out. Sure. So um, my next collection is coming out in mid, what's today? My next collection is coming out mid-April. Um, it's going to be very spring vibes, a lot of pastel colors. It's going to be my second collection. I don't want to give away the title quite yet because we're still figuring out what the dates are going to be, but it's going to have a full extensive video behind it, which I do for all my collections. Um, I have a team behind me now, which I didn't have behind me in my first collection. I've got three people working with me, everything from talent acquisition to marketing and branding director to a director of photography. All of us are firing on full cylinders. We're teaming up with local, um, what you call it, like retail shops. We've got a fashion show that we're doing. So I don't know if you're familiar with Hot Mess, but I really like how they had um, pictures to a, accompany the outfits and the clothing. So this is going to be a full immersive campaign where every little thing has been thought of and, and yet it's going to seem very playful and kind of like carefree. So we're working on that balance. It's, it's coming out. I'm really excited about that. Amazing. Um, and yeah, um, in terms of books, let's see my most life-changing books are 
How to Win Friends and Influence People yep. by Dale Carnegie. And I would say Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So those are, you can't go wrong with either of those. I think rich or how to win friends and influence people is just, you have to really appreciate the people who are in front of you. They all have a story to tell um, and just be open, be friendly, and people are going to gravitate towards you. Um, rich dad, poor dad is, um, and, you know, invest in assets. That's, and I kind of apply that to clothes where I don't spend little $20 here and there on fast fashion. Um, my clothes are just building in um, whatever, building in whatever it's called um, by the day because they're vintage and the price is going up. So, so yeah. Amazing, man. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any recommendations for you for books. Um, you mentioned uh, 12, the 12 rules. Yeah, 12 rules for life by Jordan Peterson. Good one, highly recommend. Um, Atomic Habits. Ooh, that's another good one I've heard of. Yeah. Um, kind of an older one. I, I, have, I, have, a, I have quite a few. Um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, this one's good. Uh, it's called 59 Seconds. Like change your life in under a minute, something like that. I forgot the name of the author, but it's like a, it's a yellow book. You'll find it on Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Um, Those are all great. I'm on, I'm firing on full cylinders right now. Yeah. To be honest, so I'm like, there's sometimes when I get in a lull, I know exactly where to go for the books, and I'm gonna take these. Um, but right now I'm like, boom, 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 because of these books. So yeah. Amazing, man. Um, last question, man. Where can the people find you? Plug all your social medias. Plug everything, man. Oh, yeah. So I'll keep it short and sweet. You can find me on Instagram at Bailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y underscore vintage. That's Instagram. I'm on TikTok. Same handle. Always reach out. I'm always in the DMs. I'm always responding to people. I'm always friendly, always courteous, always professional. So if you ever have any ideas, you ever want to run questions by me, I'm an open book and I'd love to help you out. Amazing, man. Thank you so much for taking the time, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you are a very smart in person. You seem very personable. I've got big hopes for you and I definitely trust that I'll be seeing you again. Thank you, man. I appreciate that.